Well, good morning, everybody. So uh, good to uh, see you in, in God's house, and i got to say that every time I get the chance to share the Word of God with you, it's, it's a privilege, and it humbles me, and, and I pray that indeed you're blessed by the uh, message this morning. Today, we're, we're continuing to ask a question, and the question is this one. What would make this the best Christmas ever? Really? What would make this the best Christmas ever for you? For me, and for everyone, what would make this the best one this year? And I've got to tell you that our Heavenly Father so desired that you would have the best Christmas ever some 2,000 years ago that he did send his son Jesus. And today what we're going to learn mainly is, yes, Christ came, he was born, but the question today, the result is going to be this, how will you respond? to the birth of that Christ child. That's what's going to make it the best Christmas ever. So let's ask that question for a moment. What what would make the best Christmas ever for you? Would it be an amazing tree? This is an amazing tree, isn't it? It's beautiful. Do you have one like that in your house? Oh, all right, maybe not not that big, huh? But but maybe this year you've got a a beautiful tree that you cut down, right? Or or you bought at the tree lot, right? Or or you've got a brand new artificial tree. Ours, we we got one this year. It's beautiful, right? And maybe that might make it the best Christmas ever, will it? What will make this the best Christmas ever for you? Will it be going to see family this Christmas, right? Or, Or having family come and see you? Does that sometimes make it a really nice Christmas? Yeah, it does, right? To be together with family. But what would make this the best Christmas ever? And and as I mentioned just a moment ago, God desires that. Our Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, wants you to have this Christmas to be the best Christmas ever. And and as an earthly father, I wanted my family to have the best Christmas ever as as well. So every time I give a message, my my family kind of goes, oh no, he's preaching. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Because what they know is coming is, is I'm going to survey them with the exact question that I'm asking you. So so I went ahead and and I asked my family, what would make this the best Christmas ever for you? And and my middle daughter, Caitlin, is in high school now, a junior, and, and she's, well, everything, Dad. Like, oh, good answer everything but she said it really is she said it's going to church on Christmas right that makes it the best Christmas ever it's having gifts with our family sure some gifts it's eating special foods and then Christmas day maybe going to church again and sit in our jammies all day how many like to do that for Christmas yeah right so then I asked my wife and she said it's simple all it is is our family our immediate family together I'm like, good, I don't have to go Christmas shopping this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, all right. But, but then I, I went ahead and, and, I, and I thought, you know what, that's amazing. That, that's all it really is, just our family and friends together. Then I went and asked my teenage son, Curtis, and uh, turned 13 this year. We hope he makes it to 14, just kidding. And, and after the answer I'm going to share with you, he might not, just kidding. And, and uh, what, I, what he said was, so, so okay, Curtis, what would make this the best Christmas ever for you? He looked at me, and, and usually he's got really a, 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 an answer filled with wisdom and says, more presents, Dad. I'm like, oh boy, we didn't teach this thing right in the pastor's house, did we? But, but isn't it true, right? For some of us, some of us, yes, we celebrate the birthday of Jesus, but, but it is nice to give and to receive gifts. What I'm asking you today, and I'm challenging you, and indeed God, the Heavenly Father, desires that you have the best Christmas ever, but, but how is it going to happen for you? Now, now, how many of you think that Christmas time is just a little bit stressful? Raise your hand. 
Oh my goodness, this is good. All right. <laughs> Just a little bit. I guess we're all in agreement here, right? And, and sometimes, you know, the rushing around, the getting the gifts, and, and all the decorating. We ask ourselves, why in the world are we even doing that since we make it so stressful for ourselves? And, and sometimes, but it's fun, right? Enjoying the birthday, celebrating Christmas. But, but sometimes, you know, uh, uh, we push to the limit, right? Sometimes our response to all the stuff going on around us, well, maybe it's not all that God-pleasing. If you would, let's, let's take a watch, uh, a video right now that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Crank her up there. It's stressful. And in the craziness of it all, I've said and done some things in past Christmases that I'm yeah, really not that proud of. This year is going to be different. This Christmas, when my mother-in-law asked, when are you going to get a real job? I'm, I'm not going to reply, when are you going to shave your mustache? This Christmas, when my cousin corners me in the kitchen and tries to convince me of another one of her pyramid scams, I'm not going to call the FBI on her. This Christmas, when that person cuts in the line that I've been standing in for over two hours, I'm not going to try my new taser gun on them. This Christmas, when my kids only want to play with the cardboard box for the toy that I stood in the freezing cold at 4.30 in the morning with 200 other frustrated, desperate, sleep-deprived parents, I'm not going to chop the box into a million pieces. This Christmas, when my husband gives me my very own chainsaw, I'm not going to try it out on his very new golf bag. It was dumb. Totally irrational. A brief moment of stupidity. But this year, I'm going to stop. Put the taser back in my purse. I'm going to close my eyes. And take a deep breath. And I'm going to remind myself that Christmas is not about thoughtless gifts. Overpriced toys. Unfriendly mother-in-laws with mustaches. The reality is, it's about celebrating. Acknowledging. Honoring the birth of a baby. A king. Our savior. Jesus. Who has shown me so much patience. Kindness. Understanding. And love. And what better gift could you give to your family, your kids, to your friends? As stressful as it may be, this Christmas is going to be different. I love that video. I especially like the part about the mother-in-law and the mustache. That's pretty funny. Of course, I would never say that to my mother-in-law. All right. Well, that's the question this Christmas, dear friends, how's it going to be different? How's it going to be different? How, how is this going to be the best Christmas ever? You know, as you look at your life, you might say, Pastor, I'm not sure it's going to be the best Christmas ever. But the point that our Heavenly Father desires from us this Christmas is, yes, he gave you a gift at Christmas, his son. And he's looking to see how you might respond this Christmas how are you going to respond? How will you? To your family, to your friends, to the people you work with? How is this going to be the best Christmas ever? 
Well, in order to learn a little bit more about that, I think we do need to turn to God's Word just a little bit this morning. And when we're looking at the book of Matthew, and, and Steve did an amazing job of reading for us just, just a moment ago. Thank you, Steve. Matthew chapter 1, uh, New Testament, first book, right? Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And, and we're going to look to see how Joseph, the father, the legal father of Jesus, responded to the first Christmas, right? And, and I believe by looking at that first Christmas and how Joseph responded, it'll get our hearts, our lives ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus, yes, but also to have him part of our life every single day, all right? So Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, and we're, we're going to take it verse by verse. There's just a few verses there together, all right? So verse, uh, one, verse 18 of chapter, tw- uh, chapter 1 of Matthew reads like this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. And we're going to stop there for just a moment. And so what we had here is Mary and Joseph were looking to have this nice, simple, happy life together. Notice I said simple. (laughs) And I'm sure Mary and Joseph, they got engaged. That's what that meant. They were pledged to be married. And during that time, it was called betrothal. And unlike today, an engagement, was it was marriage, right? And in that engagement, there were witnesses gathered there, gifts were exchanged, dowry was exchanged, and they were legally married. But here's, here's the catch. They did not do that marriage fun thing, right, for a year, right? So what happened is they got engaged, and they went ahead, and Mary went back to her household, and Joseph went back to his parents' house, and for a one year, they were engaged, and after that, what was expected is they'd have a ceremony, and then she'd move in with him, and they would be married. So, so that's what, what was expected there, right? So, so Mary and Joseph are going to be married, and they're engaged, right? And when somebody gets engaged, they're excited about that engagement. We're getting married, right? We've got married. And, and all of a sudden, well, there's a little wrench thrown in the middle of that. And, but, but Mary and Joseph, expecting that nice little house, they're going to move in, and Joseph is a carpenter, right? So he's probably going to be in the back there making chairs and tables, and, and, and they're probably looking forward to having some little shavers up to grow some be strapping men, right? That, that they might be helping out dad in the back of the house, and, and mom's going to run the front of the house, you run the office, I guess that's the way I'd look at it today, right? And, and take care of all those good things, when all of a something, well, nobody could expect could they? So we read a little bit further there in verse 18. And so it says again, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, right, that that marriage fun thing, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Can you imagine the immediate response of Joseph? I, hi, Joseph, you're, you're not going to believe this. I, I'm pregnant. Can you imagine the very long pregnant cause, right, this pause right there? And, and, and it's by the Holy Spirit. Holy cow, can you imagine what he was thinking right about then? He probably thought immediately, he probably thought this. He probably didn't hear the Holy Spirit part right away. He probably thought betrayed, right? You you said you love me. We're engaged. We're supposed to be virgins, right? There's not supposed to be anything going on. How could you do this to me, Mary, right? And and look, Mary, you've humiliated our families, right? And and your family. What is going on her? So he had every legal right to do what he did here because he thought possibly adultery could be committed. And so we read it again in verse 19. He was a righteous man. 
And he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly, and that was his legal right. Right? And, and, and so what would happen at that time as you, you start the legal proceedings, right? And, and it was a custom at that time that you could humiliate this person, disgrace him. But Joseph chose not to do that because he loved this girl, right? And, and, and you know what also could have happened in the Old Testament times? You know what happened when adultery occurred? Do you know? Stoned, right? You were stoned. The couple was stoned who was engaged. And imagine that today, right? Couples, anyway, Think about that, right? And so this was very serious business here. Joseph's response to what he thought was going to be the most amazing time of his life, he's getting married, he's moving forward in his life, probably at first might have been great disappointment. Great disappointment. And then Mary comes ahead and shares that this baby born is from God. You see, God, the Heavenly Father, though, was working the whole time. Yes, he was going to use Mary and Joseph to be the parents of Jesus. Now, as we find out, we read a little bit further here, right? Verse 20, but after he had considered this, so Joseph thought about it, he prayed about it, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So right in the middle of Joseph's disappointment, God steps in. And as I speak these words, perhaps relate them to your life. God steps in and says, you know what, Joseph, it's true. Mary is going to have a baby. And no, she's not been messing around. It's from the very spirit of God himself. You got to trust me on this, Joe. You really got to trust me on this. I'm working right now to use you and your wife to bring this child into the world and to raise him up. God was working in their lives. Is God working in your lives? The Heavenly Father, dear friends, had a plan of salvation that was coming to fruition. Please look at just a few verses back to verse 17. Verse 17 says this of chapter 1, Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to Christ. The promise, you see, there was a promise that had been made thousands of years before, that indeed a child would be born, and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the government would be on his shoulders Right, And he would be born, and his reign would continue forever and ever. That's what was happening, what Joseph thought in his little life, something very big. In fact, the greatest event in all of history, whose birthday we're going to celebrate in just five days. That's what we're celebrating. And so in the middle of Joseph's disappointment, God is working. Is he working once again in your lives? So I'm wondering, so how how does he respond? How does he respond to the message of the angel that shows up and confirms it? It's true, Joseph. Verse 24. Please look at verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her, that marriage fun thing, until she gave birth to a son And he gave him the name Jesus. How did Joseph respond? Well, it says he took Mary home as his wife. He didn't want to embarrass her earlier, right? He was going to divorce her quietly. He didn't know all this was happening. 
Maybe you don't know all what's happening in your life and how God's working. The Heavenly Father's working right now. And, and so the things continue there. And how does Joseph respond? It says, he obeyed, right? Everything the Lord had commanded him. So he took Mary home as his wife. And he had no union with her. Yes, Mary was a virgin. It was a miracle of God. Joseph responded in faith. Dear friends, we've been asking the question, what will make this the best Christmas ever? How are you going to respond? Joseph responded in faith. Joseph obeyed God's commands, followed through on what God was asking him to do. Joseph stopped right there. In fact, it says there he considered these things, right? And he continued to listen to God. And you know how the story continues. If you don't, it continues like this. Joseph does follow through. And you can't read about it here. But they go where to have Jesus born? Where? Bethlehem, right? And so they travel those number of miles. Mary, can you imagine, pregnant, going there. And they're engaged, which is amazing. Can you imagine? There was probably still people talking, right? Behind their, oh, what is she doing pregnant? They're not officially married yet, right? But it does say that she, he took her home to be his wife, and then they made their way to Bethlehem. And when they got to Bethlehem, you remember, they, they had to be registered to be taxed. You remember all that? Because of the decree of Caesar Augustus. And the story goes on. There's no room for Jesus in the end. It's like everything's going wrong, right? And so they have to go ahead, and Jesus is born with the cattle, and they place him in a feed trough where the cattle have eaten. And you remember, they wrap him in linen claws, right? They didn't have any kids or us then, right, to wrap Jesus in, right? And there the Son of God laid in the manger, and then Joseph made it legal. He said, you know what? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And it was an amazing, right? You see the other people reacted to the birth of Jesus Christ. You see the angels in the sky singing, glory to God in the highest and peace to whom his favor rests. And they're talking to shepherds and the shepherds come to see the baby Jesus in the manger and they worship him. And then those shepherds leave and they run off and they tell everybody about the birth of Jesus. And about a year later, some wise men show up and they come down and bow and worship him on their knees and they bring gifts. But the question, dear friends, is how are you going to respond this Christmas to the Christ child? Last week, how many of you got a chance to see the kids' musical? Did you see the kids' musical? Wasn't that amazing? It was so amazing. It just lifted my spirits and my heart. And they asked you the same question. What will you do with Jesus? You see, that's the answer to the question, how is this going to be the best Christmas ever? Christmas time, as we mentioned a little while ago, can be stressful right? It, it, it can be that time you're running around like crazy and, and you need to get all your shopping done and all those crazy things that we, why do we do that? Why do we do that? All those crazy things. Christmas time can be a time of, of loneliness for some folks, right? Christmas for maybe for some of you, and I, and I know for some of you, that this is going to be a sad time because loved ones aren't here any longer. They've gone to heaven, right? And we pray God's continued comfort for you, dear friend, and Christmas can be a tough time because there might be loved ones who are sick. And it seems that almost all those struggles in our life are almost amplified at Christmas time. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. Perhaps it's this, all right? God wants us to stop and to focus on Him and His plan, not our plan for this 
Christmas. And then to listen very well and then to respond. Your friends, this past week, I, I had a kind of a fun opportunity. Um, I, I don't know, sometimes the staff at Messiah will, will, will tell you this, that I'm kind of like the harried pastor, and, and you see, like, like I'm always running around as a, like a chicken with my head cut off. That's kind of how my life is, right? And I, and I still haven't seemed to get that, that right. So, so we got this, this brand new used car. Well, it's, it's very used, but it works very well uh, recently. And, uh, and I'm late, like usual. And by the way, Christmas time for pastors should be a busy time, but, but I've been doing this a little bit longer than Christmas time. And, and so I'm driving driving that new used car, and it's got all its new gadgets, and I don't really know where everything is yet, driving it home uh, from here, Messiah, and, it, and it's getting a little late, so I don't know, 7 o'clock at night, and, and I'm driving, it's great, right, brand new cruising home, watching out for deer, and uh, all of a sudden, I get about 100 yards, my goodness, it was just 100 yards more, and the car just goes, and stops. Now, in, in the newer cars, they have this little thing that says low fuel, right? Right? And, uh, and on, on the older cars, it just says empty. And I figured I had a lot more to ride on, right? A lot more. I, I didn't have a lot more to ride on. No. And the car just stops right there. Ah, okay. So it's just 100 yards, God. Come on. Come on. Ah. So I, I get out of the car. It's dark. <laughs> and I'm trying to find the emergency lights because I still haven't found them yet. Like, I can't find them. So like, oh, man, please don't let me get hit. So, so I, I get out of the car, and I'm waving people down in my Green Bay Packer coat. Nobody's stopping. Yeah, <laughs> 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 hey, see ya. Bye. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, I'm there for a while. People are going by. I'm waving them on. And all of a sudden, two guys, they do rescue me, right? They, they come by and say, hey, buddy, you need a push uh, back into the drive there? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need 100 more yards. Can't you just push me ahead over here? And like, no, buddy, that's too far. We'll just push you into this drive right here. In fact, it's uh, Homer Methodist Church. So I was, I was very thankful, and they pushed me back into the driveway. I was so embarrassed, right? I never told them it was because I ran out of gas. That would make me really look stupid. <laughs> right? So there I am, and, and just prior that week, there was an accident uh, near our house, and, and so my family heard my voice yelling, why are they hearing, why are we hearing uh, Dad's voice out there? And, uh, and so like, my son comes out to, to, to check it out there, and, and uh, I said, Curtis, be quiet. I just ran out of gas. He starts cracking up. Um, and, and so he runs back to our house, and, and thank Jesus, right, I've got about this much gas left for my lawnmower left in the garage, and he brings it over. We put the gas in, and I pull into the driveway, and of course, then I had to go ahead and fill the gas tank up some more at the gas station. We made one trip. Then I had to come and bring the car back because I had a little more gas and fill the gas up again, and all that because I just didn't fill up the tank. I was running on empty. This Christmas, dear friends, you have a chance to really be filled up by your Heavenly Father. To really let that joy be part of your life. And really it is a choice. You and I, we, we can choose to be miserable this Christmas. And some of us have every right to be because loved ones have passed away and things are going wrong. But as God forced me to stop, sometimes he does that to you, and sometimes there's events in your life that are a little bit bigger than the car stopping. Maybe you know those events, right? And it's during those times that God really does his best work when he's really got your attention. And sometimes those aren't fun times. 
And, and so Joseph stopped, right? He considered these things. Maybe you should stop this Christmas. Maybe I should stop this Christmas. And, and to take it a look at our lives and say, you know what? I, I might not be, have all the things I used to have, but boy, I'm thankful this Christmas. We can't buy the kids all the gifts that we could last year, but I've got my kids, right? And I've got my family, and I've got my friends, and I'm thankful, and I'm going to celebrate that birth of that Savior who came into the world and gave me all those things. Will you respond like that this Christmas and just stop? And then will you focus on what God wants, that Heavenly Father so desires for you to have this best Christmas ever. What he wants, and you can hear him speaking to you in his word. And then, dear friends, it's really time to just listen. God is speaking loudly this Christmas. And some, maybe for some of us, for you and I, maybe it's a little bit quiet. And he's wanting you to respond. Turn with me in your Bibles real quick to Luke chapter 2. Hear the words of Jesus to you and I, even in the midst of all the struggles we might be having this Christmas. Luke chapter 2. So that we might really just take a moment, page 725, and listen for a moment. Okay, stop running around and listen for a moment. Luke chapter 2, and it's verse 10. All right, you guys ready to... I'm not going to have you read it. Just look at it and listen. Okay? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is Christ the Lord. Dear friends, that child is born to you, right? God loved the world. The Heavenly Father loved you so much that he is working right in the middle of sometimes your messed up and my messed up life. And he sent that Savior smack dab right now just for you. And as you've heard pastors say before, if it was just you, he would have sent that Savior for you so that your sins might be forgiven, so that you might have the best Christmas ever. By the way, the best Christmas ever, it ain't here. It's in heaven, and we look forward to that. But it's the best Christmas ever because Christ did come, and he did live a perfect life, and he did die on a cross. No, it didn't stay a baby. He did forgive your sins. He did rise from the dead, and he's sitting right here today. Do you know that? When the Bible says, right, Emmanuel, God is with us, he's right here, right there, dear friend, in the middle of your suffering, dear friend. He's right there, dear friend, when your house is foreclosed on, God didn't leave you. He's right there, dear friend, when somebody says, you know what, I'm going to have to take your job. He's right there, dear brother and sister, when you just want to give up. Dear brother and sister, he's right there all the way to Afghanistan in Iraq where some of your loved ones are fighting. God is right there. The Savior of the world is right there. And if you don't know that, he is and he wants to be a part of your life. The question this Christmas is, how are you going to make it the best Christmas ever? It's how you respond to that God who loves you so much. I pray that you respond like Joseph did. You stop 
and you trust that God. Because all he wants that is good for you. That you obey that God. And when he says, follow me, here's the life I have for you. That you take that challenge, whatever that is. And that you continue to listen each day. This Christmas, there's a lot of folks who haven't heard this message yet. Will you respond this Christmas and invite them? Will you invite them? That's a question. Will you invite them? I didn't hear you. Will you invite them? Please invite them. And this Christmas, dear friend, how will you respond? Perhaps you don't know that Jesus I'm talking about right now. We respond this Christmas and say, yes, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I'm tired of doing this alone and feeling so empty and running on empty. God, fill my life. Will you do that? How will you respond this Christmas? Yes, I hope you respond with gifts and you have an amazing Christmas with your families and you worship God together. Perhaps this Christmas, though, you're not going to be here, but you're with some family who doesn't have a meal for Christmas. We respond in that way. I think God's challenging us this Christmas. He wants this, our Heavenly Father, wants this to be the best Christmas ever. Won't you make it so? Won't you make it so? And all God's people are looking forward to do, this, to do that, say, Amen.